The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Oh boy. And welcome to The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap podcast, proudly brought to you by SJP World Media. My name is Sai, and joining me as always is Mr. Benny Mack. Benny, how are we doing, sir? I'm doing very well, sir. How are you? Pretty good, bud. Pretty good. Looking forward to diving into this episode with your good self. Uh, The episode we are looking at today is Goodnight, Dear Heart, and it's one that you had no real memories of when we recorded for last week's show and one that i remembered in a certain way which turned out to be slightly incorrect oh okay um i mean i looked at the actual imdb website to see because i think if i remember rightly the last episode didn't really have a teaser for i know it did have a teaser for it it was the episode before so but yeah i didn't recognize it um and then I, when I looked on the imdb i saw the actors and one of the actors is obviously um robert duncan mcneil who uh, is in it who um plays the uh who plays greg so like as i remember i know he is but i didn't remember the episode and i recognized uh is it marcia cross as well but other than that the episode was kind of like i'm not gonna say a full blank but i'm gonna say i probably remembered like three percent of it <laughs> which mm. is weird and i only watched it maybe three four years ago so <laughs> see i could remember as i said last week i could remember the rough gist of the plot and but i remembered thinking it was very very good since i watched it back i still have that opinion that the plot and the rough gist of what sam is there to do makes for a very interesting story but there's a huge part of this episode that has kind of turned me off it a little bit to be honest but we'll get into that as we run through the show uh as i said good night dear heart sam arrives in 1957 it's november the 9th and he uh, basically he's leapt into the body of someone sat down getting spoken to by a police is it the police chief benny yeah i think it's like the local police uh whoever's in yeah i say we'll say chief i don't count yeah it's actually the chief or not but it's one of the higher ups isn't it within the uh, oh you yeah, know he is yeah sheriff lyle yeah so yeah he is a sheriff. okay yeah. he's a sheriff of the uh, little town that they're at basically Yes, and it is a very sort of very small, close knit little community here. Uh, I don't know exactly where it was they said they were at. I should have made a note of that. Apologies. But Sam is sat down talking to this guy, and he is running through uh, the details of something that we, we obviously we've leapt into halfway through a conversation. They're looking yeah. at a locket, and there's German on the back, which Sam apparently can read, and he translates it to say "My love forever," and. The, the sheriff, the police chief, says, well, that picture there must be her, her family. And Sam turns around and there's a dead body. To which he then, obviously, as many people would, if they've just you know, been dropped into this scenario, uh, he's, oh, my good God, she, she's dead. And the detective comes out with a brilliant line of, why, you should have been a detective. Sorry, yeah. the sheriff comes out with a brilliant line of, you should have been a detective instead of a mortician. And that's where we then get the intro to the show. First impressions, Benny, what did you think? I thought it was a good setup. I thought I was intrigued, definitely, of like, um, like I recognised the sheriff uh, straight away. I don't know whether I don't know whether it's from. I think he may be in another episode of Quantum Leap down the line, or we've had him in an episode of Quantum Leap down, uh, before. I can't remember. Okay. I so I don't know whether we'll. I feel like we're going to see him again, but I don't know whether it's um, from another TV show. But I feel like it's from Quantum Leap. But I could be wrong. But in terms of the setup, it, I thought it was really good. It, it was like, okay, cool. This is going to be. This is going to be an interesting one. Um, but obviously, Sam's makes out that, you know, he's he's a little too late, you know, which sometimes happens in these things where somebody's died. And Sam's like, well, surely I was here to save this person, um, <laughs> you know, but the setup was good. Um, the locket. I mean, I think Sam did quite well to muddle his way through that conversation. He's literally leapt into halfway mm. through, not realizing there's a dead body on a table behind him as well. Um Sheriff was a bit sarky, but you know, he's supposed to, this person's meant to, well, I think he was in the middle of doing the autopsy or just, that's right, yes. So, <laughs> um, you know, you can understand, but imagine being blindfolded in a room, but the person assumes you know there's a dead body behind you. 
take the blindfold off and you turn around and go, fuck me, there's a dead body over there. <laughs> so, like, yeah, exactly. You know, that's basically what I was saying. But, but a good setup, I thought. I liked the reveal as well, because when he turns around and looks at the body, we also then see the overalls he's wearing and the the blood overalls and, and so on, which is, again, another sign as to what he's there, his role is, his employment is, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's very clever, actually. I didn't think of that, because he was sat down, wasn't he, when he was handed the locket? So we didn't, although you could probably make out the top of the overalls, you couldn't see the blood. So it wasn't until, like you said, he stood up and turned around and then you see the blood on there, then then you see the dead body, then it all kind of clicks in for you as the viewer, mm. doesn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, when we return to Sam after we get the intro to the show, uh, he's looking around and checking out his scenario and, and so on. And uh, the detective, sorry, I'm going to keep calling him the detective, the sheriff, apologies, carries on talking to him for a little while about what's happened. Sam is trying to piece together, obviously, again, literally just dropped into the middle of this scenario. The, the rough gist of what we get is this young girl who is apologies for want of a better term on the slab i suppose uh she has committed suicide they all believe um she's a young girl who worked who lived in a big old house and worked for a very large popular uh, and i suppose powerful family in the area yeah sam doesn't know why he's here at this point al eventually arrives and also can't tell him why he's here at this point, which is quite an interesting twist, I think. And when Sam turns around and says, uh, as you touched upon, Benny, he says that I'm late because she's already dead. Yeah. That did get me thinking, yeah, okay. I mean, the gist of the whole thing is he's there to prove that this young girl wasn't, it wasn't suicide, she was murdered. Yeah. So he's, he's writing that wrong, of course. However, why didn't he just leap in a few days before and, and just stop it happening? Uh, that's the, one of the big questions of the show, isn't it? Because, but then once you start changing one thing, is it, why can't you change that thing? I, I don't know. There's a bigger, there's a busy, bigger cosmic question or answer, whatever you want to call it, mm. in that. Um, definitely. Um, so yeah, yeah. There's a few episodes where you think, well, why can't you just do now? I know we're way off it yet, but there is an episode where they kind of do that. So they they play sort of, but we'll get into that one nearer the time, but. In terms of the uh, detective sheriff, we're going to call him from now on. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I said I'd seen him before. Now, again, I'm just looking at his IMDb. He's done loads of stuff. He was in stuff like Jag. Um, uh, there's some other stuff in there. There's all he did voices for video games as well. But I knew I'd recognise him. I knew I rec. I, when I, you know, when you see an actor and you go, I think he's from this or she's from that. With him, it was like I recognise you, but from Quantum Leap. And I knew right. I and in my head I was like he's I, I must see he's in season one mate he's in the pilot episode he's Doctor Berger he's the guy that comes up with the test for the questions oh okay first right episode of Quantum Leap in the first two technically because it's part one in part two isn't it mm. uh, but he was in he was Doctor Berger he was the uh, you know the guy with the the tin head who couldn't fly and then he's like the doctor who also helped him save the wife back then as well. So he's a sheriff in a small town, and he was a in a previous life he was a uh, doctor for, in the military. Um, in season two, he's obviously where we're at now. Good night, dear heart. And do you know what? Oh, he's going to be in season five again. But we'll come back to that when we hit there. Um, he overall he did five episodes of Quantum Leap. This guy. Okay. So, Interesting. Uh, which you've got to say there isn't many people, is there, that do many episodes of Quantum Leap because of the way it normally works. Mm. There few actors and actresses who we actually i can definitely feel of think of two male actors that definitely make an uh, an appearance again but i didn't realize he was in this many but yeah um in season five we'll be seeing a uh, detective sheriff again is in a different character again um which would be quite interesting to be honest <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, to see uh, and it's a good one actually it's a, it's a good one he's actually in um down the line as well mate so um okay. gonna be interesting to see that character again. I'm just trying to see Larry Stanton. Yeah, okay. So I'm trying to see what his name was in this one. No, Lyle. Okay, so he has another owl name. <laughs> Fair <enough. laughs> uh, what was he called in that one? Dr. Berger. So yeah, no. I was just seeing if there was like a weird like little Easter egg link they might have done there, but they haven't. But yeah. Yeah. I knew okay. I recognized him from somewhere, mate. Sorry to take that for a moment. But he was uh, in the very first episode, two episodes of Quantum Leap. <laughs> no, that's, that's amazing. I, I, I didn't even twig. But now you've said it, I can picture the scene he's in. Yeah, because you um, remember they wind him up. They wind him and the other guy up 
about losing their memory about going at Mach two and stuff like that. And then mm. they end up with the um the uh, memory test. So they take it before they fly and they take it after they've flown. To see yes. where there's side effects of flying fast. But yeah, different different character completely, but yeah, the same actor. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Sam this this becomes a bit of an ongoing thing throughout this episode, and this is my bit of a bit of a hang up about it. Uh, Sam very quickly starts acting pretty damn strange around this dead body. Now, I, I spoke to my wife about this, and she came up with a really interesting theory that I didn't uh, didn't even envisage beforehand. I remember watching this and thinking this was great, but now I've watched it back, how Sam behaves throughout the episode. I'm not a fan of. I think it's weird. I think it's creepy and I don't think it's necessary for the story, which again, we'll get more into the details as, as we go along. Yeah. My wife then pointed out when I watched this previously, I was very young. So I might not have noticed the weirdiness about Sam in this episode, because again, I was much younger. Now I'm older. I'm picking up on stuff that I wouldn't have noticed when I was younger, potentially Sam. <sighs> The, the whole thing is that they're trying to make out that the Hilly or uh, Hiller, the, the the German girl who has passed away, she's uh, there's some link there with Sam. Sam starts becoming slightly obsessed with her and is acting quite peculiar in certain scenarios. And this is what's driving him to try and find the murderer and, and all this sort of stuff. And he keeps getting these weird kind of flashing images of the girl when she was alive in his head uh, and all this sort of stuff going on i didn't quite understand the flash but no no really no it's sam who's not seen these people before exactly Um, so it was a bit weird yes it was i literally now as a grown-up watching this could only take this as sam was being uh, i don't know really creepy almost pervy in a way over this this girl who had passed away she's a very attractive girl apparently she was very popular uh, and so on but sam just keeps banging on about how young and pretty she is throughout the whole episode yeah at one point he's stroking the dead girl's face i mean we get into further scenes later on down down as, as we have our conversation benny but this is the first scenario of it. He, he's turning to Al and saying, my God, she's so young and just keeps staring at her and so on. It's just a little bit of, uh, it crosses a line into too much creepiness for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. The way you could look at it is obviously it is a shame that somebody said, what was she 19? Something like that. Yes. Um, so yeah, you can kind of see from somebody who's lived a bit more of a life, you know, it's, it is a shame when somebody passes away that's young. Um, now, the only thing I can think of is why Sam may be having flashbacks as well, because it's not like a ghosty type story, is it? It's not like a paranormal type thing. No, it's almost like he's having flashbacks, uh, almost like he's being contacted maybe from beyond from her, maybe. Mm-hmm. But this okay. is the whatever the thing is that's leaping Sam around, which obviously you know they get into late. You know they have already referred to this as maybe God leaping Sam around in previous episodes. Um, I mean, if you link this into a future episode, when Sam leaps into these people, he's kind of like Swiss cheese and Swiss, you know, so he, he seems to remember stuff when he needs to, doesn't he? Yes. Whereas obviously, that's by design. That's a writing tool. I get that. If we look at it more of a, just a character, is it possible when Sam, I think I've said this before, but is it possible when Sam leaps into these characters without knowing it, maybe even subconsciously, maybe the person he leapt into knows who this girl is. Maybe he had a bit of a crush on her, but he's an older man. And I don't know, maybe Sam's getting a little bit of like this person's memory. That depends how you look at it. Either maybe subconsciously Sam's getting traits of the person who he leaps into. Because how do you know who you are as a person? I mean, obviously this gets touched upon very quite bad. I can't where we get, where we got to get to for that, but um, it does get touched upon in a very, very future episode of like this Swiss cheese brain of these characters or these people that he's leapt into, doesn't it? So mm-hmm. is this like a little, again, knowing the, f- the episodes, not all of them, obviously most of them, we remember them, obviously. Is this a trait of the person he's leapt into that's subconsciously in Sam's head and that's why he's getting these flashbacks of this girl? I don't know. I'm trying to sort of not justify him stroking a face or anything, but I'm trying to understand what the motivation is of Sam being so 
But then he also says at one point, I'm a doctor, doesn't he? In, in the last episode in Freedom, you know, I can't help this person die because I'm a doctor. I'm supposed to save lives. So maybe it's because he is a doctor. He is he has the medicine. So when you see someone who's died and unjust, and why would I be here if it is suicide? It can't be suicide. So mm. because he's got nothing else to, he can't think about family, friends, or whatever because his memory's so like Swiss cheese all the time. So he's almost like got tunnel vision on this. I've got to solve this murder type thing. That's the only thing I can think of, really. Yeah. Okay. I I I see your point, and I I I appreciate you you know trying to put a positive spin on it. I mean, for me, it it just didn't quite work. But we'll get to that when we no, we, no. we summarize the the episode at the end of our, of our talk today. Uh, Hilly or uh, Hilla was found. I mean, she's referred to as both throughout the episode. She was found floating in the dock. And other things were found around her, including a shoe. Uh, this is quite a prominent part of this story, so keep that in mind if you've not seen this episode. We then get the um, the first sightings or first meeting of Greg and Roger Truesdale, who are the big, powerful family in, in this area. And we, we find out how powerful they are because they've effectively... They're the ones who have helped the police chief or the sheriff get to his position. Uh, we get also get the line later on that um, Sam shouldn't be questioning uh, Roger Truesdale at all because he wouldn't be the mortician or coroner if it wasn't for him getting him the job. So he's obviously got quite a lot of influence in this town. And they they talk for a bit and they, they look at the body and Greg acts, the younger of the two, Greg acts very emotional and runs off. And Roger Truesdale says he's got his mum's stomach and that makes a few, you know, that whole kind of macho kind of uh, attitude, I guess, of the time. Men will be men and all that sort of stuff. Now, it's 1957, so yeah, he's very much got that. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. We then have these two um, individuals leave and that's when Stephanie turns up. And this is the first time we're seeing the character of Stephanie. And she, the actress's name, Benny, you're going to have to remind me, but she is one that we went, went on to do many, many things, didn't she? She was very prominent on yeah, television. Uh, I mean, I've never watched it, but because it was obviously, it was heavily advertised when it was on The Desperate Housewives. You can't help but see an advert on the TV at some point for it. Like, I think it was on E4 over here for us, possibly. Yes, uh, my wife adored that program. Yeah, Marcia Cross. Um, That's it. Yeah, um... I don't know if I've seen her in anything else, like as in the programs I've actually watched. I know she was in Desperate Housewives. Um, she's done loads of different things that I'm not really <laughs> aware of, to be honest. Um, I think I said that she was in because we can use that sound effect. I think of uh, I think she was in um, Law and Order Special Victims Unit. She was actually in Cheers, believe it or not, for one episode in 1989. Uh, Susan. Oh, okay. Howell. Um, Again, I've only seen, um, I mean, I was more of a, because of my age, I guess, I ended up liking Frasier, because on in the morning over here for us. Um, yeah. She quite find it quite uh, quite funny. She's done stuff like um, Murder, She Wrote as well. So she's done quite a Seinfeld she was in, which is a big popular show of its time. Um, Spin City. So there's Michael J. Fox in it. I've never seen it, but I'm aware of it. Um, she was in CSI. The, uh, not the, uh. before it was known as CSI Vegas, just the CSI. Um, again, these are like one-off appearances. She did 18 episodes of uh, Everwood, which I remember being advertised, but never watched it. Again, there's too many programs here that she's done me I've never watched, so I yeah, can't. But very you know, established, long-term career. It seems. Probably the newest thing she's done I, that I'm aware of is um, that Netflix show You, and she was in three episodes. Right, okay. So she is in that. Um, yeah, Law, Law and Order, like I said, the Special Victims Unit, as we like to... Um, Introduce that sound effect for LA. <laughs> doon, doon, all the time. Indeed. <laughs> uh, um, we might have to start introducing a Star Trek, like, bridge alert or something, because obviously Robert Duncan and Neil, I'll quickly do that while we're here, um, who plays uh, the young lad, uh, Greg, who is very upset, as you already mentioned. He was in um, Star Trek Voyager. He's done loads of voices. in. Lo he, did, he did his own character in Lo Lower Decks and Star Trek Online and... He was in 24, which we were talking about off air, um, which you mentioned. You, you said you liked. Yes, um, yep. But the biggest one I completely forgot about, and uh, you, you know, uh, Masters of the Universe uh, with Dolph Lundgren, and back in the day in 1987, he was the young one of the young lads in that um, with Courtney Cox, who he went on to have a pretty good career in a, in a t little TV show called Friends. 
Yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. He's done loads of stuff as well, mate, to be fair. So, um, yeah. and again, I know him mainly, me personally, I know him mainly from Voyager. I completely forgot that he was in Masters of the Universe. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, again, two very, <laughs> very established long term careers, then, I guess. It's, quite, it's interesting to me where these, are, where these people pop up elsewhere, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's still going now. Um, I'm trying to think. I think the most recent thing I can find on IMDb was the Star Trek Lower Decks, which is on, I think it's on Amazon. And it's an animation, animated TV show um, about, you know, it's about the people that work in the bowels of the ship rather than the the bridge crew in like the, you know, like you have in all Star Trek, yeah. where the bridge crew and stuff It's more like the people that sort of maybe like, <laughs> a lack of a better way of saying it, um, like make the coffee or. <laughs> yeah, okay maintenance of the toilets and stuff like that, that kind of thing you know um i've watched some of it i've watched all of it um again murder she wrote i don't know if we can fit this. i don't know what sound effects you can use for that if any <laughs> to be honest so uh yeah it's all like you said it's always good to see some of these actors the one the big the biggest one for me weirdly is the the sheriff the fact that he's actually in five episodes of quantum leap and i knew i'd recognized him but it, i knew it was from quantum leap but i couldn't remember where mm. yeah it's brilliant isn't it <laughs> um Stephanie is is very emotional when she sees the body of Hilly and uh, effectively runs out. But after after pointing out that her clothes were always very clean and neat and she wouldn't wear anything dirty or the shoes that were scuffed wouldn't have been for Hilly. She was very close with her, it seems. Al arrives. Um, he appears in a coffin and freaks himself out a little bit about that basically explains to Sam he doesn't know why he's here and he gets freaked out by the dead bodies and so on. And then we get a little bit more creepy Sam weirdness because he's turning around and, and he's effectively almost pining after this girl and staring at her her body and, and saying, who was she, Al? What songs did she sing? Who did she dream about at night? And I'm thinking, oh, this is a bit this is a bit ropey now. <laughs> um yeah okay i don't really want to add to that to be honest with you i'm not gonna lie um i like the fact that i it, I say like it it was also slightly weird that um al was like i bet you her favorite film was picnic and all this kind of stuff when she comes to america because obviously it's 57 yes uh, she is a german girl so obviously there is that stigma you know still kind of i would assume hanging around um after the war and stuff but um when sam does walk in her room and she has the picnic um uh poster you know he does uh, uh, sam does say you'd have made a, you made a you would have made a great dr watson al uh, <laughs> yeah also i know we've seen al before get freaked out by bodies and stuff obviously there was in the the episode um the portrait of troya in which they have the like the crypt and everything yes was it a mausoleum is that what we call it um, i think so yeah where, where the um the sound effects were being played from and so on wasn't that's it? it yeah and then obviously there's skeletons and stuff and that's you know i get that to a degree but this is a guy that's you know, been in. He was in Vietnam. He's a an admiral. He's seen war. He's been in. He's had been in action. So I'm not saying nobody. She shouldn't be freaked out by bodies, but you'd think he'd be a bit more less squirmish, maybe. Yeah, less squirmish is a better way of saying it. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. I agree. Uh, as Sam is, well, I suppose the only term I can use without uh, it is a bit icky. As Sam is kind of caressing the girl's head. He finds a hole. That oh, that's looks... dodgy as hell. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, okay. He sa- he's, he finds a, a a wound in her skull. Then, shall we say? And this is uh, hinted very heavily at being a bullet wound. Sam then says she was murdered, obviously, but there's no exit wound, so the bullet must still be in this poor girl's head. So Sam sets about using his uh, medical training to have a look. Al leaves because he doesn't want to be a part of that. And that, I, you know, where he sh- yeah, needs I, to be. I get that. I get, I that. get that. I, I wouldn't be about that life. I also involved. like this on a slightly separate note to that a little bit is that this is one of the first times I think we see the imaging jaw chamber opening the way it does. It slides up, but also Al peeking through into the imaging chamber. <laughs> That's which brilliant. Really, which is really good because we don't really see, We eventually we will, but we don't really see that side of it from Al because mm-hmm. all you see is this thing open. And as a kid, I will admit, I was a bit like, this is weird. But then as you, when you think about the logistics of it all, Al is stepping into a chamber that's 
projecting an image all around him so he can see what Sam's doing. So a door opening and closing makes a lot more sense to me now. But as I was a younger younger kid, it didn't quite I couldn't quite grasp it, I guess, or understand okay. the logistics of it. So but yeah, for him to be like peeking his head through <laughs> you can understand that he's actually because you don't see anything the other side do you just see a white light so mm. for him peeking into the imaging chamber i thought that was quite funny in this particular um case when he comes back obviously to make sure sam's yeah. not like <laughs> cutting messing with the, yeah messing well well yeah hopefully all he's doing is is conducting some kind of you know expedition into a skull to try and find a bullet he's not doing anything else with the dead body but there are hints of that in this episode it gets very 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 cringe very quickly but anyway uh sam can't find a bullet so he's then confused as to what's going on with regards to that he then goes off to see greg and has a chat with greg and it's he basically says you loved her didn't you and you know it's obvious that this this greg the the posh powerful um influential person's son had a relationship with hilly at some point sam says he's going to their house because he needs a dress to bury her in which makes perfect sense of yeah. course that's the case but it's something that i've never had to deal with or never had to even think about before benny so it came across really odd to me but it does make perfect sense doesn't it but she doesn't have any family there so normally that would be a family thing to do oh would it okay again i, I, I i'm none the wiser so yeah, so a family member would provide an outfit. You know, would you like her in a certain dress? Does she like this? You know, um, which they would have done. But because she has no family there and she's not married or anything like that, you know. It's, but it's also a good way of Sam to sort of do his detective skills as well because he's only a, he's only a coroner. Not, so I'm not taking anything away from it, but he's not a copper. He's not a detective. No. So he's got a. But also, you mentioned the Greg's dad, Roger um, Truesdale. He very much speaks for his son quite a lot, doesn't he, when he's been asked questions. So when, in this point, yeah. Sam gets Greg by himself, because you can see that he cares for this woman. Um, obviously, at this point, you're kind of like, you're not sure, you know, there's a few suspects, and he's one of them. He's obviously the most, um, which almost gets, almost kind of confirmed when Sam is looking for the dress, and he finds the diary, and it says that she, uh, Hilly, fought with somebody. And, you know. yeah. Yeah, this is a really clever, a clever bit of writing for me. This I enjoyed. This was very good. Um, effectively, we find out that uh, via Stephanie, wasn't it? We find out that Greg and Hilly had a fling, and Sam, after speaking to Greg for a moment, and Greg effectively confirming that he was in love with Hilly, uh, Sam goes off into her room. And he doesn't just grab a dress. This is where he gets really weird. He starts playing records in her room and looking for her stuff. And I suppose he's looking for her stuff for clues, but he finds her a diary. And it's the start of what becomes quite concerning behavior for me. But anyway, and this whole thing in the diary was about the 4th of July, American Independence Day. So a date that will you know, be quite prominent in people's memories. It's a big celebration in the States and so on. This is in the diary that she's had a big argument with someone and they fought all night because she was she wanted to break off a relationship. And it, it, it the whole the whole scenario here points towards Greg or the father. And then we find out as well that Hilly was also pregnant when she were when she passed away in the lake and you have the added situation of it being the 50s an unmarried girl getting pregnant. It's, you know, it, it, the, the, it's not a great look for that particular time in, in history. Is it Benny? Uh, no, uh, I can't really add to that, mate, to be honest, <laughs> but no, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Stephanie arrives whilst Sam is being old Dr. Creepo and reading Hilly's diary and so on. And again, this is, quite cleverly done in a way because the sunlight is coming from behind her and sam is sort of squinting into the sun and the light coming through her hair makes her hair look blonder than it actually is and sam actually asks is is that you hilla when obviously it's not it's stephanie she walks in and tells him off a little bit for reading her diary and rightfully so because that is a weird thing to be doing and this is where we find out that greg had a fling with hilly and because of this greg's father fired her so she had just lost her job as well hadn't he 
Uh, yeah, she. I can't. Well, she was an admin or something, wasn't she? For him, I think, if I remember. Yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah. So, um, again, the dad kind of running this lad's life. I mean, what is he in his? He's probably in his early twenties. Um, but the dad is very much no. He's a good boy. He's a good-looking lad. All the girls like him. You know, he's very much that kind of. Um, he's just a douche, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but also in that scene i get why she's annoyed because she he's reading the diary i get that 100 percent. but she goes from like really annoyed with him to like oh i'll tell you everything about hiller <laughs> very quickly yeah and um, sam as well here sam's talking to her about about hiller and the relationship that stephanie had and they're obviously very close and hiller they had plans that hilly hilly hiller was going to be a fashion model and stephanie's a photographer or wants to be a professional photographer yeah and they had plans to go off and make make their riches doing this. And they're talking away. And Sam basically drops into the conversation completely out of the blue. I don't think it was suicide. I think she's been murdered. And Stephanie's reaction was really like, what do you mean by this? It just wasn't convincing dialogue for me at that moment. It, it, the whole thing came across a little bit. I think it's because again, it, she went. She went from being annoyed with him to this random dude in her room reading a diary to then, oh, I'll tell you everything. <laughs> it was very quick, yes. <laughs> you know. Yes. Um, but also in that moment when she starts talking about going to New York with Hiller and all this stuff, again, I didn't remember much of it, but I thought mm, there's something to this this dialogue we're having here. When she sort of pours her heart out for that bit, it, it seemed like she cared for Hiller more than just like a friend if that makes oh, see that's fascinating because uh, i mean we're going to come quite quickly i think because there's not masses in this episode to okay. discuss before we get to the uh, the big reveal but i i was hook line and sinker buying into what they were feeding me i completely even though i've seen this before i completely bought that greg or the dad were responsible so it's really interesting you've picked up on something it's else there that, that, I, that I've missed. I think that's fascinating. Yeah, if you watch that back and when she starts talking about New York and I was going to take the pictures and it's, you know, this, I mean, don't get me wrong. It seemed a lot more, I'm not saying I, I knew, but I'm just saying there seemed a lot more to that in that moment. Like right. you know, plans here that have now gone awry. Now, did they have a disagreement over it? Did she change her mind? Did she? I, do you know what I mean? I didn't know. I was, but I, I felt like there was more to it in that, in that section of dialogue, which wasn't, you know, all of it wasn't that good. But like this bit was quite telling, I think, for me. Again, mm. did I know what the answer was? No, but I felt there was more to it just in what how it was delivered by her. That this bit was actually good by her. Um, I also want because obviously we're talking about the obsession of Sam over, you know, with Hiller and everything. I do like the fact that Al calls him out on it. And yes. As per usual, Sam's a bit of a dick here, actually, again, to be honest. You know, Al says, I've had a lot of fixations on women, but this, Sam cuts him off and says, it's not one of your cheap flings. And Al goes, whatever, this is an obsession. So it's, Al can see Sam being obsessed with this, whether it's justice for Hiller or it's more. I don't know, but obviously there is. It's, mate, it's more than that. It isn't feels it? As for, it does feel a bit. It's icky. creepy. It's icky. It's I, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, as soon as somebody challenges Sam or something, which is obviously mainly Al, because it's the only person he can talk to from uh, his own time. Mm. But he, but the way Al's like his best mate at this point, you know. Um, okay, they're still you know getting to know each other again, kind of. And Sam, I think whenever Sam snaps at Al. In that moment, it's just that impulse of anger or whatever. But you can always see it in his face after the fact that Sam feels bad for what he's just said to Al. Yeah. But yeah, again, Al goes, you know, it, you know, I've had fixations on women, but this and Sam's like, it's not one of your cheap flings, as I've already said. And, he, and Al, even Al this time, I like the fact that Al goes, whatever, this is an obsession. Now, part of it is also Al not kind of grasping it a little bit more. Like, why is Sam here? If this person was did commit suicide, and that's what went down in history, again, they don't know why Sam's there, but you think Al would be a bit more like, well, maybe there is something to this, you know? Um, but he's almost like the person that says, you're going, not cutting Sam off, but almost like saying, you're wrong, Sam. In, in, and if anything, Al should be like, okay, there might be something to, to this. Again, a guy without his much experience with life, I don't know, just sometimes Al's that an extra roadblock for Sam to get, uh, get, over, the, get over the hump. Okay, I see. 
fair enough. Uh, we we find out as well that <clears throat> the Trudales were aware of the pregnancy, and this happens via a makeup lady who's the, who's named Aggie. Um, who uh, she, she owns a beauty salon. Uh, again, it comes down very much to this small town um, yes, collective, right. I guess, because she owns a beauty salon, and because of that, she is also tasked with, I suppose, I don't know the correct term, Benny, preparing the body for burial, making you know, yeah, doing the makeup to the bodies and, and yeah, stuff, isn't it, to make them yeah. look? Because I'm guessing it would be an open casket in that case. So, but um, I, when you find out that she's doing this side fucking hustle i'm like what the i mean again it's the 50s early into the 60s but it's like then it's even when she sort of goes to sam i don't know if we've said this yet have we but she basically has and does or perform illegal abortions basically yes Uh, yes it's it's, and it's like what the fuck you know but i like the sam kind of sort of starts talking louder when she won't give up the information and to sort of the rest of the salon. Oh, but you should tell, Oh no, no, shh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. And then mm. she's all, and then after all that, she's like, Oh, you're not going to tell on me. Are you as if like, it's nothing like, do you know what I mean? It's not like you've stolen a cookie or something from the counter or whatever. This is, yeah. like, I didn't like, once I found that out about this woman, I was like, I know what the hell. But again, uh, I think you need to, you need to place yourself in that time. And there's, there's a couple of bits of dialogue around that topic with regards to the illegal abortions and so on that Aggie performs. And uh, Al, they, the reason they are aware of this is because Al informs Sam that looking at the real history in 1962, Aggie gets arrested for doing this. So a few years later, she, she's you know in trouble for, for those actions. But when Sam speaks to her about this and did Hilly come in for an, an abortion and who was with her and so on, which turns out to be the dad, um, Mr. Trudeau. So they're aware of the the pregnancy, but Hilly wasn't able to go through with it. Sam, Al explains to Sam at this point in the fifties, unwed young girls who ended up pregnant were effectively shamed and they would sometimes you know try and get an abortion some girls would um actually commit suicide because of their shame and 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 the scenario they were in and you also get the term and it is an incredibly dated turn of phrase and you hear it in certain movies like dirty dancing actually has a reference to this kind of thing as well because there's a, a a similar scenario in that movie where aggie says to sam's character um you won't find anyone in this area that fixes them as well as me. But it's not said in a horrid, nasty way. It's said very much in a way of, I'm trying to help these girls. Yeah. So, you know, and, but the turn of phrase, fixes them, is a very 50s style, I, I suppose, uh, a very 50s statement with regards to that particular scenario and how things were viewed at that time. So... I guess, but yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one, but there we go. Um, I was just trying to look actually, cause I, I, I forgot to bring her profile up, but I was looking. So Deborah Strang, uh, Strang, I think that's how you say it. So Aggie, who you're talking about right now. Yes. Um, she's actually in an episode of X-Files <laughs> back in the day, um, in 95, but also she has something in common with Robert Duncan McNeil. She's not in uh, Star Trek Voyager, but she was in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. So she's also been in uh, Star Trek as well. So, Bloody hell. Um, she, uh, Cold Case she was in as well. Was that the show you used to watch? Yeah, uh, yeah. The one that I completely confused when I saw the Quantum Leap. That's it, yeah. Cold yeah. Case. She, was, <laughs> she only did one episode in 2008, so I don't know. Never watched it. She also made an appearance in Castle as well, which I quite like. That's quite a good show with uh, Nathan Fillion. That's a different podcast in itself. Um, and she's also in NCIS, the uh, the original NCIS as well. Right. Okay. As, uh, again, is uh, in one episode. So she's still, she's still been, uh, um, and that was as of 2022, she was in that episode. So she's still going. Um, so obviously she got out of that salon and stopped doing what she was doing, I guess. <laughs> looks like it. It looks like it. <laughs> uh, we're back with sam in the girl's room again uh, i mean first of all we get a we get a weird interaction with aggie over the body um the police are going to go and look for a gun in the lake 
because the theory being if she committed suicide, the gun would be there because she would have dropped it in the lake after she shot herself. So they're going to go and have a look. Aggie arrives to do the makeup and Sam kind of tells her, oh, make sure you keep it natural. And it's just, just yeah, stop yeah. it. Just stop. Yeah. It, it, even I was like, huh? <laughs> it was a bit like... Uh, Sam's forgotten the dress. So he has to head back to her room and mm. rather than just go back to her room, gather the dress and leave, he decides to listen to records over and over again on repeat. And then he's also watching a film of, of uh, Hilly on the wall. And yeah. this Al, is where it take, took the turn for me of like, yeah, gone a bit too far now with this. It's getting Al arrives and Sam's there watching her and, and she's in 1950s swimwear, uh, messing about with whoever's filming and having a good old time and laughing and joking and, and so on. And Sam's there and he just keeps repeating about how young and beautiful she is. And it's just like for crying out loud, this is too icky for me now. Yeah, it's it. Although, obviously, the film plays a key part, doesn't it, actually? Yes, going forward. yes. But at this point, you're kind of like, dude, you're getting, you're, this is getting too much now. I know you're there trying to figure it out, and I get it. I mean, the sheriff's already annoyed at him because he's, like, challenging the sheriff. They do dredge the, the lake where she was found for a gun. They don't find it. Of course, even if they did find a gun, it doesn't make sense because she does have a, a wound in her head. There's no through and through, so the bullet should be in her head but it's not. So um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, Sam's being challenged quite a lot. Mm. Um, and it, they, I mean, obviously we don't want to get there too far, but uh, we were almost there anyway, but um, yeah, it's just, you're starting to, even I was thinking at this point is, well, maybe it's not a, it's not a gun there. Maybe I thought maybe a screwdriver or something like that based on the, the puncture wound. Um, right okay so i'm thinking okay it's not a gun so obviously he's there obviously she everybody's saying suicide because of everything that was going on allegedly um but yeah i'm thinking where's this if she did commit suicide that's a one one why would you stab yourself in the head with a screwdriver that's weird you, if you <laughs> do it you want to do it so it does quickly i would assume um i'm not condoning it obviously but at this point, I'm thinking, well, maybe it's a screwdriver or something, or something like okay. that, rather than a bullet wound. So, hmm. interesting. Uh, as, as we said, no, there's no gun in the lake, as, as Benny said. And the chief is told that Hiller was pregnant at this point. So they go and see the Trudales to have a chat, because everyone knows, in theory, who the father of the baby would have been. And they're um, practicing their archery on their big estate, so that's another sort of hint at what maybe happened. That the, the hole in the head could have been an arrow, potentially. I thought that as well. Yeah. Um, they talk of a fight on the 4th of July. And this is where I kind of enjoyed the writing of this episode on, on the one side of things. Because Greg's then saying, well, I wasn't even here. We only just started seeing each other around that time. We weren't breaking up at that time. And I wasn't even here on the 4th of July weekend. I was in an archery competition that I won. And the police chief even backs that up, saying, yeah, he brought back a big old trophy. He, was, he wasn't even here. Yeah, yeah. So that's another little twist there as to what's going on. And I don't know whether they're trying to make us then think more that the dad was involved. I, I think that's kind of where they're trying to steer our attention I to, think, isn't it? I think you're right. I think they did try to steer us more towards the fact that this, if he knew that she was pregnant, and it's her son's kid. He's meant to be going off to college and all this kind of stuff. Mm. So he wouldn't want to, maybe they got into an argument and maybe that's how Hiller ended up in the water. But to be honest, mate, I'm not going to lie. Despite the fact that his dad's a complete and utter douche. Once they said he wasn't there for some reason in my head, I was leaning towards, well, and I, this brings me back to the conversation we had a moment ago about what um, Stephanie said mm -hmm. about going to New York and stuff. And I'm thinking, do you know what? I think it may be that hole in her head. Genuinely now, I'm not just saying it because I obviously I did see the episode. But I'm thinking maybe that's a maybe there's a heel involved there, or maybe yes. they were a couple or something. And again, I didn't have that verified, obviously, but I'm thinking I'm leaning I didn't even lean towards the dad. I leant more towards the uh the friend for some reason. Interesting. Uh, okay. Again, this was based around that conversation that Sam had with her earlier on in the episode about it's the way she was talking about going to New York and being together and me taking all her pictures and all this kind of stuff. Mm. 
because it didn't just seem like yes we're friends and we'll go together and we'll rise up together it was more like it felt more like an us conversation rather than a as fr- we are going to go to New York and we're going to take over it was more like we're going to be together does that make sense yes I get you yeah 100% totally um, we we get a little bit more Sam weirdness with the body in the casket she's been made up at this point uh, Hilly she's in her blue dress and Sam's like stroking her face again and then he goes to put shoes on her feet and looks at the shoe and almost has like a light bulb moment I guess and the next time we see Sam he's back in the bedroom again but this time there's a real purpose for it other than pervy ickiness and (laughs) he, he has well I can only really describe Benny as a kind of Columbo style gathering. If you've ever seen Columbo and those programs, they, they, they gather up all the potential suspects in a room and Columbo then explains how it was done and says, who did it? And that's kind of what we're getting here. I feel the 4th of July footage, the, the film is being uh, projected onto the wall. And th- th- this is 4th of July. We can see that because she's waving the flags and she has the sparkler. So this is the night that there was a big argument and so on. And the first half of the film, again, this comes back into what I thought was well done in this episode. The first half of the film was shot quite, you know, quite shakily. It was done by an amateur, as Sam explains. Yeah. And Greg says that that might have been me. That wasn't me, whatever it was. But the second half of the film is pro shot. And you can see because it does, the the difference is quite, quite staggering when it's pointed out to you when you're watching this episode, because it's very, it's it's very steady. the, The contrast is better and so on. And that's when Sam turns to Stephanie and says it was filmed by somebody who's a professional or wants to be a professional and says that basically it says Stephanie was the one that killed Hiller. And, she denies this at first and it basically Sam then explains quite, quite quickly, I suppose that she Hilly, sorry, was breaking off a relationship with Stephanie because she loved Greg and they were um, planning on running away and eloping together. They're going to run away and get married. And so Greg, you know, he obviously didn't want this young girl dead. Stephanie was effectively a spurned lover, I suppose, and jealousy, rage, whatever it may well be, caused her to kill Hilly. Yeah. Sam is holding a shoe, saying that this shoe was found floating next to Hilly, the shoe that we saw right back at the very beginning of the episode that that you and I mentioned, Benny. And Sam states, this is a size eight, but Hilly was only a five. So this obviously isn't her shoe. And starts asking Stephanie, what size shoe are you? She's umming and ahhing about this. And then Sam, I suppose, in a kind of 1950s CSI style, wallops the um, heel of the shoe into a nearby door and says that hole is the exact same diameter as the hole in Hilly's head. Yeah, yeah. It, well, really well done. And even the way they, obviously, Stephanie then um, literally like um, admits it, basically, um, and then goes on to possibly why she was interested in women and stuff like that and it boils back down to the war and when she was in held in prison and stuff like that and obviously and the way the men treated women and stuff like that and um just you know disgusting disparaging or whatever but um you know so she only ever felt safe with women basically so which led to her maybe going that way with her um sexual preference but she did fall in love with greg so she was confused by it and then also greg then comes out with this actually explains a lot of what hilly was trying to tell me because of the way she was treated in the prison you know prison of war camp or you know Mm -hmm. concentration camp or whatever it was that she i'm assuming a concentration camp i don't know but we she was in prison wasn't she during the war um and obviously soldiers raping and all that kind of horror um again normally and constantly we kind of get a this is it. This is it. Bye bye. And we don't really get an explanation. With this, we get like a full explanation of why, how, and when, almost to a degree. So it's quite nice for a change in that that we actually get a a better explanation of why these things and why um, their sexual preference was explained. Basically, is what I'm trying to get at. Um, yeah, yeah, and it does make sense as well, doesn't it? The way it's explained yeah. does kind of make sense. Yes. Uh, effectively, that's that's the end of the 
investigation for want of a better term but we have sam still in 1957 he's at the side of the grave that has been filled in there's no one else there the service has been completed by the looks of it anyone else who was there uh, has left sam is still hanging around like a freaking weirdo it's snowing and al arrives and says sam asks why he hasn't leapt yet and al says oh maybe you need to say goodbye so sam and this is again just goes into the weirdness of it sam says oh i've got this book of hers from her room so not only is he going through her stuff under the premise of i'm getting a dress for her or (laughs) i'm i'm looking for clues he's like taking bit things from this poor dead girl's room which is weird and he's thinking i've got this here It's it's a it's a mark twain book and then he says i think it's her favorite how the fuck would he know yeah, no, I was. I thought that's a bit of, I'm not saying it isn't, but it's also a bloody stretch from Sam here to assume that Mark Twain is a favourite book. But then, you know, she likes to film Picnic, and so she likes Stuff America, again, because it represents freedom and based where she's come from. That makes sense. But assuming that this is her favourite book is a bit of a stretch. Even for me, I was like, yeah, all right, mate. Um, yeah. But again, he's, he has been obsessed with it. He, he is trying to... But maybe there is also that because of the... The fact that she has no family there and there's no one to take care of her. So maybe, he, again, Sam's quite a good natured person. Yes, he does get a bit. I think he does get tunnel vision with certain things. But again, there's not a lot going on with his life at the moment, is there? When he's leaping around in time and helping. So maybe you, you kind of got to be a, give him a bit of leeway. But, you know, there is a point in this where it's a bit like, all right, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need a hobby, but he can't really have a hobby because he's nowhere long enough to... <laughs> stay to have a hobby i guess but i don't yes. know um uh sam reads a little passage from the book and it's a passage that mark twain wrote about his daughter who had passed away so again it's another little bit of a weirdness that sam is putting these words out there towards this this young girl that he didn't really know he puts some flowers on the grave and he leaps now before we summarize our thoughts on this particular episode benny uh, Sam leaps into a pool hall. Um, you have some music playing in the background, some sort of lounge singer and maybe a bit of jazz potentially. And he's being challenged to play a certain shot and there's money going back and forth. And then that's the end of the episode. This is obviously, um, is it Pool House Blues? I believe the episode is called. It, we're going to be looking pool at next. Sorry. Pool Hall Blues. There we go. Yeah. And this is one that I said way 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 back in our very first beginning episode our our sort of um getting to know me and you episode i guess that i was looking forward to covering i remember this very well i remember it being very good hopefully my memory is more accurate than it was for this week's show uh but i've not seen it for many many years what are your memories of what we will be looking at next week i remember the gist of the story which is i think he's uh leaked into so i believe the person he's leapt into is the father of the daughter i thought that makes no sense um his basically he's leapt into the father and the daughter of this father owns the bar yes uh, and i think there's a loan involved somewhere yeah and payments aren't being kept up with so if she doesn't pay the loan or Basically, she could lose her bar to this freaking loan shark. I think I think it's a loan shark. I That's could right. be wrong on that. Um, but basically, yeah, there's um, some games of pool. There's some real cool... If I remember right, like, the main thing I remember from this episode, Si, is Al laying down the laser grid so Sam can play pool. Yes. And hit the ball at the right sort of speed and the right angles and using geometry, basically, which everybody says pool in snooker is. But the fact that... I like the fact for once... Because I think we've all played snooker or pool, and we're we're either good or not. And I'm average at best. Um, but the fact that Sam isn't good at it and has to have this laser grid put down, and it hangs the game, you know, very much. You know, the game is very much hanging on the fact that this this grid is being laid down by Alf, where to hit the cue ball to then hit that and hit the cushion and hit the ball and go in and all that. I that I remember thinking was really cool when I was watching it as a young kid. Mm. It was, really cool um so but yeah in terms of the characters i think like um sam's the guy he was leapt into his best mate i think i remember liking him he just he's quite a bit of a goofy fella but um, that's right yeah um but yeah in terms of the all the ins and outs and the you know and all the like nuances i don't necessarily remember all of it but i remember it more fondly than probably a few others then 
yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, you, you're pretty much spot on with the gist of the episode. The only difference is that the person Sam has leapt into is this um, legendary pool player a, on a certain circuit. It's actually the girl's grandfather rather than father himself. Oh, it's the grandfather. See, yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, okay. So fair yes. enough. And you, you're right. Uh, the, the, they end up playing for the deeds to the bar and so on. And yeah, it's. I remember it very, very fondly. It'd be interesting going back as with this one and seeing if I remember it correctly. Yeah. But there we go. That's for next week. This episode itself here, then, Benny. Obviously, we give a rating out of five. And in summary, what did you think? In terms of a, a who done it, the story's really good. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the um, trying to figure it out. Like I said, and I'm you know I know I've watched them before. But it's been that long, and I didn't remember. I knew it was either going to be Greg. I think I, in my head I thought it was Greg, but um, because remembering back, but I knew it was either going to be Greg or Stephanie. But like I said, once you got to that one bit, we had that conversation with the, about New York, as I keep going on about. But that was like a. I feel like this is a this is a key conversation. I don't know. I couldn't quite place it. Like I okay. said, I tried to explain it to you. Like it felt more than like just us as friends going to New York. It felt more. They were closer than that. Now, whether I I thought maybe they felt like they were more like sisters or something. You know, necessarily. I didn't necessarily know the relationship side of it. Um, in terms of a who done it, I think it's really good. In terms of a quantum leap episode, and some of the creepy-esque stuff and again Sam being a bit of a douche towards Al I mean if you want to give me my rating I, I do you know what it's I liked it in the sense of a story I know I've said that already but as an episode um, I think it's a two for me to be honest mate it's um, it's not I think it's good enough for a whodunit and it's a, it's quite a good episode overall I guess but and just in terms of a regular viewer watching Sam Maybe we're missing something. I don't know what it is um, mm-hmm. in terms of the way Sam was behaving. It does seem a bit, we do it, man. You know, and so I agree with that 100%. So, too, I'm going to go with if somebody can message us on Twitter or whatever, and maybe we're missing something here that we, you know, maybe we both of us have missed in terms of why Sam is the way he is. Um, maybe it's a maybe it's a psychological thing, but we don't, they don't touch upon it. So, if, you, this, if this was the first episode you've ever watched, you would think Sam was being a bit weird, but maybe it's because his brother died young. I don't know. Mm, I it's think that's hard. a bit of a stretch. That's what I mean. You know, I'm trying to think of reasons why, but again, he's also leaping around in time and not having much else to do apart from fixing these people's lives. So almost becoming very obsessive over trying to fix things. Maybe that's a thing as well. But yeah, mm. in terms of a rating, mate, I'm going to have to give it a two. Unfortunately, I've got exactly the same. I've got two out of five and there's a couple of things I want to sort of, uh, a couple of points I want to quickly make before we uh, leave today. Okay. The first one is quite obvious to me. Uh, the first one is what's going to be obvious to anyone listening as well. Cause of what I've hinted at throughout the whole show. I think you're spot on with regards to the fact that it's a kind of whodunit episode and it's a suicide, a, a murder that people are assuming is a suicide. Sorry. And yeah. Sam's got to disprove that and so on. That part of the story is good. I think there's some brilliant writing in there. I think there's some aspects of the 4th of July uh, video footage and the diary and uh, that, that conversation that you mentioned as well that really move the story along very well. And that aspect of it, I think, is done very, very well. Yeah, as a whodunit in the, the yes. way the things link from the very first moment we see Sam to the very last when we find out who actually did it. Yes. It all makes sense once the reveal comes. So, yeah, no, I agree. Sam seemingly fancying a dead body and becoming obsessive and stroking the body and acting the way he does. I, I hated every minute of that. I thought it was great. This Sam Beckett is, is a hero of mine. The character of Sam Beckett is a hero yeah. of mine. As my article wrote many, many years ago about quantum leap, when I used to still do writing said, I mean, the, the title of the article was not all heroes wear capes. And it's basically me singing the praises of quantum leap and, and the character of um, Sam Beckett. This is not what I want to see my hero doing. I think it's gross. I think it's icky. I, I don't like it whatsoever. I, and this is the big thing I want to sort of put forward to you, Benny. And, it, you know, it's, it's quite straightforward. Um, yes or no answer, I suppose, in a way. Okay. This aspect of the show, Sam 
being creepy and gross and obsessing about the dead girl. If you took all of that out, would it hurt the story? In my mind, you would still be able to write in somehow of him catching a bit of the video footage, reading a bit of the diary. Yeah. Playing the record over and over again is weird. If you removed yeah. certain aspects of it, would it hurt the story itself, in your opinion? I think so, because I think actually the obsessiveness a little bit... Go- I'm not saying he shouldn't be obsessed because he, he knows she's been murdered. You know, he wants to prove that. I, and I get that. And everybody else around him is going like, no, she was, no, she wasn't, no, she wasn't, including Al, to be fair. Um, so I understand his obsession in that regard, trying to prove this Pearl girl who's been dead. If we had it at the beginning of the episode with him sort of like touching her head and going it's such a shame you know i think there's enough compassion there that anybody would look at a 19 year old male or female that's lost their life it's tragic it is tragic of course it is but for him to be this overly he's too much obsessive i think you're right Mm. to be honest um the movie thing is weird again it plays into the reveal but what reason does he really have of watching her posing for pictures and film it, it's, it doesn't make any sense but he's no no i mean with regards to that sorry benny with regards to that that yeah. they could quite easily have wrote that in in a different way he's watching it yeah. because he's obsessed with her so that's how he yeah. comes across but the footage he should be reading the diaries and watching these videos to see if there's anything in these things that may give exactly. a hint to who so i get that to a degree but because he's been caressing and stroking her face a bit too much mm. I think you're right but he could have you know I understand the obsession of trying to prove that she was murdered by somebody. The other obsession, and these weird flashbacks threw me out a bit as well. Um, yeah. And again, this plays into, does Sam get some of the person's like memories, or is this her trying to convince, trying to communicate with him from beyond? It's not explained enough to know exactly what it is. And you don't need it. I don't think you need it at all. You don't need it. No, you're right. You're right. Because if anything, mate, it took me out of it a little bit. Yes. But also, when it first happened, I was like, that's weird. Is Sam having like PTSD or something? What's going on? And then it happens again randomly. And it makes no sense in the moment as well when Sam and Al are talking. Mm-hmm. Um, if the character he leapt into, if Sam got traits or memories of the person he's leapt into, which they kind of touch upon later on in f- future episodes then yes, but they don't explain it enough for the viewer to go, huh? Mm, <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, I think if you took some of it out, it wouldn't hurt the story. Because again, I think this, in terms of the whodunit story, it's really good. It's a good whodunit and um, it's good to watch and try and figure out. But the obsessiveness is a bit too much. Yeah, you're right. You're right. The second thing I want to raise quickly, and it's not a big, massive issue, but it's just something I want to sort of point out that maybe could have been handled a little bit differently, maybe a little bit better, and potentially in modern day, if this show was being uh, written and produced now, I don't mean the the, the reboot, I mean the original, it, it probably would have been ha- managed differently because you know, 1989, 1990 and so on was a very different time. Is Stephanie the first proper gay character we have seen so far in our watchback of Quantum Leap? I think she is. Um, I can't think of anyone else. I can't either. Right. To be it's honest, not, I think, it's I think... not great look having the first gay character on your TV show basically being a murderer for me. That's a little bit. And again, it's not a massive deal. But I think it could have been handled maybe a little bit better from that viewpoint. Yeah, what do they say with murders then? They say, like, in terms of motive, you look for financial or it's, like, passion, isn't it? So she... I understand what you mean, um, but she is obviously in love with Hilly. Hilly breaks it off, and then she's jealous to the point where, how could you do this to me? And obviously they got into a heated argument and to a point where she kills Hilly. (laughs) It is not Mm. good, so... Obviously, they all we all assume at first it's because of the uh, the ex boyfriend, and we then have the diary. So, but yeah, you're right to have the first. <laughs> um, I, I think she is. I uh, I'm fairly certain. I'm pretty sure. I think I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm just trying to think now through episodes. That's not to say we haven't seen necessarily gay characters, but I th- no, I think you're right. I'm looking through at least season two. Season one definitely didn't have any. Season two. I'm looking at it, and I think you're right. Um, mm. 
Yeah, yeah. I again, mean, just just, just something I wanted to sort of uh, I wanted to make a point about. That was all really. Uh, I don't think he, I don't think necessarily it would happen now because people are much more aware of that kind of thing. But yeah, there so we like go. I said it's a scorn lover, isn't it? Basically, oh, yes. But it's throw away because it's 1958. Not saying there because there, there's always been you know uh, gay people. Um, so, but obviously in 1958, it would have been very much you would have hid it away, wouldn't you? Uh, mm. Because of the no tolerance of anybody <laughs> yeah really. exactly um so yeah i understand what you mean though yeah okay so two out of five from the pair of us not an episode i'll rush back and watch if anytime you, soon to be honest no i agree but if you if you if you just took away that obsession stuff a little bit more and just just reeled it in a bit yeah and i only mean a bit in terms of the story as i said if you if you just if we were just reviewing just the story I would say it's a good four, to be fair, in terms of the murder whodunit stuff. Mm. But, but it, gets, that, it gets marked down, doesn't it? Because of the it other gets stuff. marked down because of yeah, yeah, it, it's un, it's unneeded, unwarranted. I don't know. Yeah, exactly, mate. exactly. Uh, so then, next week, Paul Hall Blues. Looking forward to diving into that. But before we get to next week, Benny, do you want to let everybody know whereabouts they can find you online and all the great shows you are involved in? Yeah, I'm on SJP World Media. Obviously, just search at SJP World Media on Twitter, um, at In The Corner WWE. Um, and uh, I, although it's fallen by the wayside a bit, I am trying to do some streaming stuff on Twitch, <laughs> twitch.tv forward slash Benny Mac Gaming. So, um, but yeah, you can find myself on Twitter at Benny Mac, B-E-N-N-Y-M-A-C-K. Awesome stuff. Uh, anything I'm involved in, you can find via the network that carries this show. And as Benny mentioned, that's at SJP World Media. Uh, it carries this show. It carries wrestling shows that I, I do. It carries wrestling shows that Benny does. It carries content looking at other TV programs, Doctor Who, Murder in Mind, all sorts of great stuff. Um, there's effectively every day of the working week, there's a new show and there's bound to be something there for everybody that's at sjp world media for that and also you can follow this show itself on facebook twitter and all the rest at waiting room pod underscore that's at waiting room pod underscore betty despite the fact that that wasn't the best episode i've still had a blast talking to you my friend and i'm looking forward to next week already yeah time to leap out buddy <laughs>